This is Mitch Cousy, and you're listening to Leader Lab. Who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm Mitch Cousy, and um, first of all, I'm a professor in the Ph.D. program in Leadership and Change at Antioch University. We have five campuses across the United States, and uh, our doctoral students come into the program, and they're from all professions, the mean age between 45 and 50, and they um, come to school, if you will, about every three months or so to one of our campuses in L.A., Santa Barbara, Seattle, Keene, New Hampshire, or Yellow Springs, Ohio. And we have 12 full-time professors, and we fly in as well from all over the world. So I teach in the area of leadership and change, and my specific area of focus is organization development. So that's one whole side of what I do. Another side is I'm a a researcher, and I just finished a study with uh, Dr. Elizabeth Holloway, who is also a professor at Antioch University. And our study was on toxic behaviors in organizations. Uh, We did an interview and survey of 400 people, and we came up with a systems approach for dealing with toxic behaviors that's in one of our books, Toxic Workplace, Managing Toxic Personalities and Their Systems of Power. Another thing I do is that I'm a writer, and that's um, uh, what I did with uh, Dr. Scott Allen. Uh, Our latest book is The Little Book of Leadership Development, 50 Ways to Bring Out the Leader in Every Employee. And then finally, I'm an organization development consultant. I do uh, strategic planning, culture change work, and helping organizations establish systems of what we call respectful engagement that has a bottom-line impact on the organization. So that's a little bit about what I do, David. Well, fantastic. And we met through Scott, who I had uh, previously been on a different podcast with, and I'm a big fan of what he does. And I'm really intrigued by this, uh, the little book of leadership development. I love the yeah. format. I, I'm about, I'll confess I'm only about halfway through it, but I'm loving what I'm reading so far. But I'm curious, what led you to write a book like uh, the little book of leadership development? Well, one of the interesting things is Scott and I smile <laughs> when we get that question, uh, because um, initially, when we are working with our clients in particular, clients all over the world, you know, leadership is, we call it the L word, and it's one of those things that everybody knows everything about and everybody knows nothing about. And we really wanted to take some of the, the cutting-edge research that's out there and some of the theories and practices and bring it down to uh, everyone's level. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. Essentially, we want to help leaders become better coaches rather than always hiring outside coaches. coaches. And, you know, I absolutely love being hired as a coach. But there are some things that managers can do themselves. So subsequently, that is one of the primary things that or reasons that we, we wrote the book is we really want to help people, leaders in particular, become better coaches. We did that through essentially... 50, 50 ways to be a coach. No, and I, I love the each one is about a, a one to two pages, and they're all they're all fantastic ideas. By the way, with what you said, was these fifty approaches are really a lot of common sense. But what we what Scott and I say is, while they're common sense, they're not very commonly practiced in organizations. And leaders read that and they say, "Hey, I can do that." 
And I can do that. And essentially, we want to help leaders bring out the leader in every single employee. No, absolutely. Or, or, the, or vice versa, the, the funny incident of, you know, you read something and it's, oh, well, yeah, everybody knows that. Well, yeah, but are you doing it? No. Right. Okay, well, then exactly. you should probably do it. Exactly. So, and I want to pull out a couple of those. But before we do, I know in, in the introduction you talk about a really good uh, six-step model for developing and, and implementing these things. And I briefly kind of wanted to go over um, what that model is and why, why you guys uh, settled on those six steps. Well, what we, what we did on, with these six steps is to help every leader really understand what they need to do uh, to get a systems in place so that um, the 50 coaching strategies that we teach will um, really work. So it's sort of a what we say is a, a, a precursor to that. And um, so that was the, that was the reason that um, we, we decided to uh, have the, um, the six steps, if you will, before they actually begin the, any, any of the 50 specific uh, strategies. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'll say I'm, I'm the biggest fan of step one in the entire process, which is get your own shop in order. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Chuzos and Posner and the idea of modeling the way, and you can't model the way, don't practice it. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting about that first step is get your uh, shop in order, uh, when your own shop in order, when leaders read this, it's one of those things, exactly what you said. Um, yeah, that, that makes um, so much sense in terms of um, modeling, um, essentially, good, good le- leadership and what leaders, leaders do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, I want to go in, there's, there's, there's uh, 50 different of these short little kind of bite-sized but very, very uh, research-based and very valid uh, tips and, and suggestions. A couple of them really stand out to me. We obviously don't have time in this podcast to go into all 50, and, and then if we did, you know, then people would wonder why they need to buy the book. So I definitely want to leave most of it in there for them to have to read. But I want to – two stood out to me the, the most. The first is with the idea of using the Pygmalion effect. Talk to me briefly about sort of what that Pygmalion effect is and then how individual managers can use it. It's essentially the process of, and this is based on some uh, seminal research that's out there, that when we have high expectations of individuals, they will do better. And if we did not have those expectations and we did not confirm those expectations with others. There's a whole new um, realm of uh, psychology that's been out for, oh, 10 plus years. Uh, it's been out longer than that, but it's, it's uh, gained a lot of um, following now. And that's the whole area of positive psychology. So essentially what it is, is um, sculpting uh, stars in your organization. Here's an interesting um, perspective, and this comes from another book, um, First Break All the Rules, in which there was a a mega study done by the researchers and authors of the book, Kaufman and Buckingham. And what what they found is that often we we don't spend as much time with organizational scars. And so one of the the tips that we talk about in the book is just because someone is a star, don't believe that they don't need coaching. 
So those individuals need, need coaching as well. And one of the things that I say to my own clients is, if don't take my word for it. Go ask your organizational stars. Do you spend enough time with them and see what kind of response you get? So now let's go back. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. No, no. I was just going to say that it's a great question to ask in the sense of you think you're obviously doing that because you're probably looking at their reports and things enough, but do they think you do that? Then entirely. Exactly. Exactly. Do they think they do that? So, again, back to the Pygmalion effect is whenever possible to share those high expectations that you have of others let them know, and it's not only with organizational stars, but those individuals as well, because they need coaching as well, and to share that information, and if you will, to sculpt the performance of others by recognizing their past performance and, ha- and, and sharing with them that you have the confidence that they will continue the same path in the future. I'm a big fan of uh, Buckingham's and a decent fan of Kaufman's as well. And I like the yeah. idea of actually spending time coaching your, your stars. And, you know, one of the things this ties into the next one that stood out to me, one of the things that's really, really involved in that is giving everybody in the organization feedback. And, and you talk about you know, one of the tips is creating a culture of feedback. How can, uh, you know, I, this is obviously more than the performance evaluation, but how can managers create that culture of feedback within, on their team or within the organization as a whole? Well, you know, there's some, there's some very specific ways. Um, first of all, we call it um, uh, the um, L, C as in Charlie, S as in Sam. L as in Larry, C as in Charlie, S as in Sam model. And it's an acronym. And um, before I talk about that acronym, let me share something with you, sort of a, a, a not-so-common strategy, but it has a lot of common sense. I ask for anyone who's listening to this um, podcast, think about your team meetings in which you're running a, a meeting with team members, and I will bet you spend at least 95% or more of the time in that meeting on task-related work, what people regard as the real work in the organization. But when you think of it, first of all, that is important. When you think of it, David, so much depends upon the effectiveness of the team the relationship building that team has, how they give each other feedback, how they manage conflict, all the process stuff that we often sweep underneath the carpet. We stick our head in the, heads in the sand, and we don't often deal with that. So um, first of all, one of the things that uh, Scott and I say, we talk about this in our book, is if you have a team meeting uh, one hour, one half hour every two weeks, Take just five minutes and ask the team to process how effective this meeting was. And the LCS model is this. What did you learn in this meeting today? That's the L. What would you like to change or continue? That's the C. And is there someone else that we we need to share this learning with, S? or share. Take just five minutes at your team meetings and create this culture of feedback. And we often don't do that. It's, it's, a, it's a really great acronym. I, I, I'll confess, I spend a lot of time in leadership. I run a podcast and website that's called Leader Lab. 
I was certain that that L was going to stand for leadership, but it stood for perhaps the more important uh, concept or construct, which is learning and continuously learning. If you want to go, that's phase one. If you want to go to phase two for the L, when when someone makes an error, uh, they they do something, and um, it's it's clearly wrong. It it ended up in um, it could have been a disaster if things didn't go as planned. Again, what many people in organizations, including leaders, do is they sweep that underneath the carpet. Let's not look at that. So let's use that LCS model in a different framework. Hell, what did you learn from this failure? C, what would you change or do differently next time? And S, would you share this learning with others? How would you share this learning? When it is amazing creating this culture of feedback, even when there's a failure, people, you know, you should be rewarding for failure in some ways, sort of tongue-in-cheek in that. But what you're rewarding now is that the person learns something. They're sharing that learning, and you're rewarding that learning from that failure rather than saying, don't do it again. It's interesting you bring that up. Uh, last month's guest on the podcast was Tim Harford, who's the, uh, the undercover economist and just has a new book out that essentially makes the case that success always starts with failure. and It's the people that fail often and, bo- and bother to extract the lessons, that those lessons then compound, compound and create that success. And you're absolutely yeah. right. One of the keys to that is creating a feedback loop where you can extract those lessons. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So we, we talk about that in the book and how important that really is for for leaders to understand that there are some very simple things, and these don't take any extra time. I mean, well, yes, maybe it might take five minutes at a team meeting, but I can guarantee the, the, um, the conflict management skills, the decision-making skills, the relationship-building skills will improve. They're not going to be perfect, but with human behavior, there's no perfection. But it will improve by taking some time, just five minutes at one of these meetings, next time you have one. Five minutes that I think is a worthwhile investment for sure. And You know, what you say, David, is so true. And I'm, I'm not talking about this only as an academic. One of the things when you ask, what do I do or what do I do? Um, before I became an academic, I was head of leadership and organization development for American Express. Before that, I was head of organization development for a large um, uh, health maintenance organization uh, in the Twin Cities, then called um, uh, Group Health. So subsequently, I understand how time-consuming it is to be a leader, but leaders really need these quick and dirty tips, if you will. They're really not dirty, they're clean, (laughs) but these these, these, these tips so that they can apply them immediately. And that's what I was about, applying these 50 strategies immediately the next time around. In fact, when in the book we say don't even have to read them in order. Flip through. Go to tip number 37. Go to twip, tip, tip number 22 and see if any of these hit home for you. You know, I was, I was just going to get into that. One of the uh, interesting things about the book is now the, the, for, for those that, haven't, that aren't already on Amazon checking the book out, and I don't know why they wouldn't be, for those that aren't, at the end of the book is a little thing called the LD50 snapshot. And I think it's, it's at the end of the book, which gives the temptation that after you read the book, you should look at it. But really, I almost wonder if people should begin there, take the LD50 snapshot, figure out what 
of the 50 little tips uh, appeal to them most or that they need to most improve on and then get into it. I mean, there's, there's a variety of different ways to consume this book. Exactly. You know, it's interesting when people read that LD50, and by the way, for your listeners, that means the Leadership Development 50. These are the top 50 ways to coach other people. We, uh, we, uh, people respond positively to this when we talk about uh, this perspective of the LD50. Three things. Imagine a workplace where people first are engaged in their tasks and their purpose. Two, want to stay and invest in their careers. Three, feel a sense of ownership that they are developing as a leader. And those three things are meant um, to be the outgrowth of this LD50. Absolutely. And, and meant to be, to me, I see them the, as the outgrowth of the entire book. It's, you know, leaders, leaders are busy, which is why this book is great. It's uh, probably, probably about 130 pages, and it's packed with those 50 tips that are, I, what I like about them is, is the majority of them are very, very steeped in research, um, but with an applicable side. And I know, you know, that, that speaks to your background, to Scott's background, speaks to mine too, which is probably why I like it so much. But I want to transition a bit and, and, and talk about you, Mitch. What, Mitch, what are you reading right now? Okay, the book I'm reading right now is called Switch. And the subtitle is How to Change Things When Change is Hard. And it's by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. So, um, and what I love about this book is they, they eloquently talk about some of the critical research that's out there about organizational change. And it could be organizational change from a, a people perspective. Uh, it could be from a team perspective. It could be from a large organizational change perspective. And um, they, they give some very practical strategies about how you bring about change in organizations, how you deal with resistance to change in some very practical ways. If you will, it's sort of like the, the uh, parallel to the, uh, the little book of leadership development, only this one is about organizational change. So that's one of the things I'm reading right now. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to read that a couple months ago, and I, I love uh, the, the Brothers Heath have two books out, and I really the other is made to stick. It's more of a marketing text, but yeah, uh, it delves into consumer behavior, which I love organizational behavior, and they're they're closely related. Um, so no, I, I think it's a fantastic book, um, and one to check out. One that's ironic, in, you know, in your position as as running the uh, leadership and change elements of that PhD program. I'm curious, though, you've got so many different balls in the air. You've got this book out. I know you're promoting it, but I know you're probably also working on some other stuff. What's next for you? Well, I am working on another book with Dr. Elizabeth Holloway, and she's the author of, co-author with me of our first book, Toxic Workplace, Managing Toxic Personalities and Their System Power. And it's a positive spin about how you create um, respectful workplaces in organizations. So that's one of the things... I'm working on right now, and we're in. We're Elizabeth and I are busy writing that as well, and um, I'm, I'm consulting nationally and internationally. It's been it's been a very exciting time for me, working with um, leaders worldwide um, with um, such things as leadership development. The book leader book that's um, based upon the book, the little book of leadership development, helping leaders establish establish coaching priorities for themselves. And then our, the book before that, Helping Leaders Understand Systems in Terms of Working with Toxic Behaviors in Organizations. So those are some of the things I'm, I'm working on right now, and it's, it's absolutely very, very exciting. 
Well, awesome. We will look for that. I like the idea of balancing the toxic workplace with another book on sort of that positive element that is maybe the non-toxic workplace type of thing. So we'll be looking for that. But in the meantime, I want to encourage our listeners to check out uh, the little book of leadership development. There's 50 awesome tips in there. You don't have to read it cover to cover. Just pick it up. I promise you, you'll find one or two that make the cost of the book worth it. So check that out. And Mitch, thank you so much for joining us inside the Leader Lab. Hey, thanks, All David. Right.